0: Tom Izzo speaks on Jeremy Fears, Jackson Kohler, a few more basketball items. We also preview the game against the Indiana State White Hot Sycamores, uh, by the way. And then, hey, what's the best case and the worst case scenario for football? A lot of other mailbag questions. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white five days a week through the good times and yes, even the bad times. We're in my commemorative Ford Field Michigan State vs. Penn State shirt on the YouTube show. If uh, you were able to enjoy that, if you already didn't just turn it off right after seeing that shirt, but... Got just fits great. I love it. Anyway, gang, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Locked on Spartans again. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this here show, this YouTube channel, this podcast, however you are consuming this show. Thank you very much. If you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us, and let's get off and running here. We're going to kick things off with basketball because Tom Izzo spoke to the media he had a few things to say, and no one summed up the main talking points better than our man, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports, because his tweet reads, Tom Izzo, after practice today, said Jeremy Fears is expected to return to campus tomorrow. No timeline for his basketball return right now. More minutes for Hogard and Holloman at point guard. Norman, Garrick Norman, that is, not in current plans. Also, Jackson Cole are still roughly a week out, partially practicing now. Woo! That's that's a lot to get through in just one tweet, but we will break that out and just spend the whole first segment on this and also talking a little bit of Indiana State before Saturday's game. Now, Jeremy Fears, as far as the timeline goes, we've heard from his dad per a story on IlliniGuys.com that it's looking like a three-month return. Which, if you look at a calendar and you see three months, okay, well, that takes you pretty much up to the final four. Um, So, effectively if it's what to be believed from Jeremy Fears Sr., out for the season, Izzo says, no hard timeline. Early indications said two months, which would put you at the beginning of March, but let's just assume that it's the rest of the season. I mean, a a bullet was stuck in his femur for God's sake. So that could be a little bit to bounce back from, not just physically, but also mentally as well. Let's not let that just escape all of our minds right now either. Yes. He's in good spirits. You know, he's, he's really the same old self that he usually is, is what the stories say when Jeremy Fierce Sr. has spoken to the media. But, God, what a harrowing experience for the kid. And, yes, I obviously hope that the leg is okay. I hope that all of it's okay. But just don't want that part to get glossed over as well because that is, uh, thats that's – Straight up terrifying. Um, Now, back to the basketball court, how this will affect the team. Izzo has said that more minutes are going to go to Hogart and Holloman at uh, point guard, which shouldn't really necessarily be a surprise, but I do wonder, and I'm not the only one wondering this, uh, Dave Klein of Spartans Illustrated, he also tweeted something out with this sentiment as well, that I wonder if it makes sense to keep Trey off ball. Like, as the two guy, out on the wing, because right now, obviously having a good year shooting the ball so far. But also, if A.J. Hogar needs a blow, kind of like last year, Tyson Walker does have that point guard experience. It's not like this would be a completely new thing for him. So if you have Walker at the one, Trey at the two, who I feel like is a more comfortable catch-and-shoot option... I feel like maybe that is what we will actually see more of, but hey, we will let time tell here. Now Garrick Norman, as we know, he is a red shirt or red shirting right now as a freshman, I should say. And back when that decision was made, the quote was something along the lines of, we'll see if plans change. And yeah, having a backup point guard. Kind of changes the plans a little bit, but not so much for Garrick Norman. I mean, Garrick Norman isn't a point guard to begin with, and also, it's not like Jeremy Fears was this 41% shooter from three pointer. And oh my God, we're we're missing a three point shooter, a three point threat right now, which is what Garrick Norman was or is going to be eventually here at Michigan State. It's not necessarily replacing a player with another one that's on a redshirt. They play two different positions, so. Look, it's not going to be burnt up. They're not going to light his red shirt on fire for this. And also want to add this as well, because Garrick Norman was uh, caught in photos in a walking boot after the last game, Uh, he is back full participant at practice. So that's just another one of those things where um, someone at Michigan State gets paid commission for guys whenever they get a walking boot on their foot and away we go. It's just always precautionary and whatever. Speaking of a guy that's wearing a walking boot not as a precaution, though, Jackson Kohler was obviously in one to start this season because he underwent foot surgery to begin the year. Now, Izzo did say that he is a week out. What that means, in another more detailed quote, a week out from fully practicing. Right now, he is partially practicing, I'm going to admit, I don't entirely know what that means. Maybe just a few soft uh, physical drills here and there. But yes, not a full practice participant looking to be that next week. Now, a week from today when Izzo gave the quotes, will be Michigan State's first Big Ten game out of the break against Penn State. They're going to be playing against the Nittany Lions. And then that weekend is against Northwestern on the road in Evanston. So, From the timeline, sounds like he's certainly out for this weekend's game against Indiana State. I would doubt that we see him against Penn State and then maybe Northwestern, but still. I mean, there's a little bit of a leap from full participant at practice to actually playing in games. And we'll see what kind of Jackson Kohler we get because this is one of the bummers about his injury is that he did miss this whole season to kind of build up to hitting 2024 running, playing against those soft non-conference teams that you can work on some things against, some confidence, if not for nothing else. But here we are. I mean, he's gonna get just thrown right into the fire here. But such is life in Big Ten basketball. Now let's talk a little bit about Indiana State. 2 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. And this this is this is not. Not a walkover game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I don't know if Tom Izzo ever thought it was going to be, but this Sycamore's team coming to Breslin Center, they're nice. They are 11-1, and we talked about Indiana State uh, not too long ago on a show, and we added some context to that 11-1 record, and we will continue to do so right now. We're not knocking it, but it is a good idea just to go to bed the night before this game realizing okay what's going on behind the numbers here. Michigan State first and foremost expected to win this game by 10 points according to barttorvik.com. They have Michigan State as 80 to 70 winners in this game. Now Indiana State, I'll say it again, 11 and 1. They are undefeated in their quad 3 and quad 4 games. However, they've only played one quad 1 game. Against Alabama, and they lost that one by 22 points, 102 to 80. So they have been beating up on some lousy, lousy teams. Alabama's defensive efficiency is 79th in the country. Okay, that is the best, by far the best, actually, the best defense that the Sycamores have played so far this year. The Sycamores have not played another team that has an adjusted defensive efficiency within the top 100 in the country. I think that is worth noting. Now for context, Michigan State right now, they are 10th best in the nation at adjusted defensive efficiency. All right, that's not a perfect stat, but it is a really damn good indicator of how strong a defense is, especially with this big of a sample size so far into the season. We can comfortably say that this will be the best defense Indiana State will face all year. Now with that said, you still do have to do some things pretty well, even if your other teams are continually horrible the entire year. So what does Indiana State do good? Well, by golly, G. Willikers, that shooting is quite something. Their effective field goal percentage is the best in the country. Not just their conference, but the entire nation. They're the number four team in three-point percentage at 41.4% shooting. They also take the 24th most three-pointers in the country. They also shoot uh, free throws pretty well, 76.1%. That is top 40 in the nation. And they have four guys that have at least 23-point attempts that are shooting at at least four. percent 40%. That is led by Isaiah Swope, a career 43% uh, three-point shooter from behind the arc. He was at Southern Indiana last year, but has been picking up where he left off at that program so far this year. So other players to watch out for, six foot ten Robbie Avila. He's been famous on social media. He's like this kind of goofy looking big man. He wears the rec specs, but my God, Does this man pour it on teams? Uh, 16 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists is what he is averaging per game. Ryan Conwell, another wing player, is another shooter we have to watch out for. Now what does Indiana State not do too well? Blocking shots, they're 344th in the country at block percentage. Their offensive rebounding is not too hot either. They only rebound 23.1% of their misses, which is 321st in the nation. And their defense is 99th in the country. So that's what we got. Again, th- this this will be a tougher game than your normal non-conference opponent. But I just did want to add a little bit of context there. Before like we all start losing absolutely every minute of sleep before... This game tips off. All right, gang, we are going to be back with some mailbag questions here in a hot segment. First, I need to talk your ear off about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you Covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to uh, fit your ride every time, or it's your hard earned money back. Because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So what are you waiting for? Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to you as customers. All right. Let's crack open the mailbag here. So many of you wrote in great questions to uh, my Twitter at shehan underscore sports or Locked on Spartans at gmail.com. So, truly thank you all for these great questions. We're going to head to the football field here. And this one is from Throwaway. Uh, so, I'm sure that's a birth name. I'm sure that's on their driver's license. But Throwaway ask the question, What are your best case, worst case, and middle ground record expectations for Spartan football next year? Fantastic, fantastic question. Let's start with the worst case. Let's get the bad taste in our mouth right now so we could eat some delicious fruit after this, talk about the best case, and then what I think is going to happen just to get this nastiness out of our mouth. But worst case, let's say you start the season 2-2. and All right? okay, you take care of your home games against Louisiana, Florida Atlantic, but then, well, you lose your road games because Maryland, well, they don't have to Light anymore at quarterback Talia, of Ioloa, He's finally gone after a 17-year career at Maryland. Let's say that, okay, that defense at Maryland is actually still hitting the ground running. And also, we've learned this uh, kind of the easy way to start when we scheduled them at the end of the season, and we've learned this the hard way when they've been at the front of our schedule, just like last year, but nothing scares us more in the Big Ten than early season Maryland, and you get them week three, so that is a little bit of a bummer, and then hitting the road to Boston College, a team that actually was just in a bowl game today, so... Could be a decent Boston College team. And then after that, let's say you go 0-4 during the death gauntlet of Oregon, Ohio State, Iowa, Michigan. And then you end the season, you're bruised and battered, and you go 2-2 two two in the stretch against Indiana at Illinois versus Purdue and versus Rutgers. Let's say that Greg Shiano still has Rutgers cooking over there. They string together a few consecutive wins against Michigan State, and let's just say at Illinois is the other loss. Anyway, the worst case I see right now Mark my words on this. This could be famous last words, I guess. But 4-8 and is where I see the basement. And I know that might sound ridiculous to have the basement be where Michigan State just was this year. But that is a really favorable schedule. I get it. That middle's not fun. We're not going to have the most delightful October with that stretch of Oregon, Ohio State, Iowa, Michigan. But man, whew, start of that year and the end of the year... That, that sets up pretty nice for 4-8 and eight being your basement, in my opinion. Now, the best case scenario. Okay. Hey, Maryland can't replace Talia Tonga-Vailoa. Boston College. Yeah, great. They made a bowl game this year, but they stink. Who cares? You go 4-0 to start the year. And then here you go. Okay, we're going to talk ourselves through this gauntlet right here home against Ohio State. And hey, they don't have Marvin Harrison Jr. anymore, and let's say that replacing their quarterback is a way harder task than they ever thought it would be, and my goodness gracious, Michigan State's offensive line is clicking, the skill position players are doing great, and you catch some lightning in a bottle. And you don't just keep it within 30 against Ohio State, but you actually win against them. I mean, it's not the craziest thing in the world, but I guess it could happen. It's the offseason. We're still undefeated, right? We can still have optimism. Now, at Oregon, okay, you kind of lose me there. I I can't talk myself into a win at Autzen Stadium next year. I'm very sorry. But I can see a win against Iowa. You beat them 10-9. I'm sure their offense is still going to stink out loud. And then, look, I'm not predicting a win against Michigan. I want to make that unequivocally clear right now. But my goodness gracious, that team is going to be replacing a lot and that's not just me saying that. I think Jim Harbaugh said something crazy like they have 49 NFL players on their team this year. Let's say they all get drafted. That's replacing a lot of talent. And yes, I know that is a good program, and that it might be a reloading year instead of a rebuilding year. But their recruiting like hasn't quite matched up national power levels. They are good on the trails. It's like top 15. But it's hard to reload with just top 15 classes and not those top 5 classes that you see at like a Georgia or Alabama. So that'll be interesting as well. So maybe, maybe you do trip up Michigan if they are replacing that much. 4-0 to end the season against that candy, uh, that, that candy cane gauntlet at the end there against Indiana, Illinois, Purdue, Rutgers. And then guys, that, that spits you out. Let's say you do beat Ohio State. You do beat Michigan. You don't beat Oregon. You're, you're the best case is 11-1. Again, that, that, that was the best case. That's not what I think, because this is what I think happens right now. The middle ground. It's somewhere in the middle of all that. Right now, I have it at 7-5, and five, guys. And this is how I get to 7-5. and five. I have three categories. Chalk it up as a loss, 50-50 games, and chalk it up as a win. That's where I stand right now. The chalk it up as a loss are the three games against Oregon, Michigan, Ohio State. The 50-50 games. Iowa at home, Boston College, Maryland, at Illinois, and then Rutgers. I got five coin toss games. And even, hey, you guys listening at home, you might think that that's even ridiculous. I have some of those games in the coin toss and not the lean win. But I'm being a little conservative right now. The lean win games, I have four of them. Purdue, Indiana, FAU, and Louisiana. Okay, if you win three of those five 50-50 games, well, that's how you get to seven and five. That's how you get to 7-5. It's not that hard. You win at home against Iowa, you beat Boston College on the road in the non-conference, and then you win at Illinois. You can still absorb a loss against Maryland, against Rutgers, and still have a 7-5 season. So that's kind of why I think that. Now, why do I say that? Why am I not up in the 10-2 neighborhood or the 9-3 neighborhood? The offensive line still has to be shored up. And we are getting some guys back. We have gotten some good talent back so far but you still need some talent, you need some depth, and you need to finally show us for the first time in years that this unit can actually take a step forward. So this is asking a lot from Jim check the offensive line coach, because the last guy was also supposed to be one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, and we saw close to no improvement over the years. But hey, if this guy can work his magic in one offseason and actually show a step forward, actually get our run game going, okay, that'd be great. I'll believe in an 8-4 and four and 9-3, and three, but just actually have to you know see it first the defensive line still needs to be addressed a little bit um that did some massive damage by adding Derek Harmon in yesterday no question about that but also hey the edge could use some help as well and we still are waiting for Zion Young and Jacoby Winman right now to make their decisions so until that happens I'm still at seven and five and I'm sorry just for, forgive me for just being a little just Uh, reluctant to blindly believe that the defense is all gonna be okay because that was really really tough to watch the last few years on that side of the ball here so look I have full faith in Joe Rossi I believe in his scheme I love how he's very fluid with what he throws out on the field dependent on the talent that he has the situations in the game all this and that but man I I'm, I'm just I'm just like I'm just like a puppy that's been left outside for too long I'm just scared of everything right now so uh, yeah that's where I'm at with seven and five right now now we're gonna crack open a few more mailbag questions for you beautiful people here in a hot segment but first I need to talk your ear off about the best ticketing app in the game it's the game time app this is an app we've been talking about for quite some time and let's say for some reason they stop becoming a friend of the Locked on networks God, I'm gonna be using game time. The rest of my life. This isn't just me using it because they're a sponsor. Like, no, 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 no. When I use Game Time for the first time this fall, life-changing. Like, it is the easiest ticketing app out there. They have flash deals. Get great deals on tickets to sporting events, concerts, theatrical performances. They have last-minute deals. Tickets that you can just buy for a great price as you walk into the stadium. You get an actual picture of where your seat is going to be when you're on the app. And then when you buy the tickets... They're just sent straight to your phone. Just two taps to buy the tickets and then bam, tickets right there. You're not going to rummage through your email when you have no service outside the stadium wondering, oh my God, when am I going to get my tickets? No, it, It is so stupidly easy with game time. You will not believe it. They also want to save you money at game time. When you download the game time app, use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's all one word, LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off of your order. Again, promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. That's game time, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, folks, let's end this show. Some more mailbag questions from you wonderful people. Again, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com if you ever want to reach out. stupidest Sparty writes in. God, that's me. That's not nice to yourself. Come on. I'm sure you're somewhat smart. Uh, Writes two questions in. We'll get to one a little heavier than the other. Rate Jonathan Smith's first month or so on the job. We're going to do a letter grade here. And I really, really am like kind of beating myself up for going this high because now I just sound like a slappy at this point, but I truly give him an, an A minus right now so far. And the reason I'm that high on him right now, no, he didn't bring in a top five class, you know? No, he didn't bring in Walter Nolan from the portal. But my God, y- you look at what he inherited to start December and now where we are to end December. That's pretty good work. In high school recruiting, there were what? Seven, eight kids in the class? Things weren't looking too great. He bumped that up into the high teens, and if you look at 24-7 sports, the 38th rated class in the country. On rivals, and on three in the low 50s. But when he took over, okay, seven or eight kids, and 80th or 90th in the country, he did some massive damage control in the 2024 high school class. But that's not all. Of course that's not all. We know that's why it's not all. Because he added Aiden, Childs, Jack Velling, and not just those guys. Not just the number one quarterback transfer in the market. Not just the tight end that caught the most touchdown catches at that position last year. But also let's look at the guys that he brought back from the portal. We talked about it yesterday. Geno Vandenmark, Derek Harmon, Jerron Glover have been solid. Some more offensive linemen with Baldwin. Boyd, Phillips, I. Mean, this is important, important players to get. This isn't like the Mel Tucker days where he's sending kids to the portal because they have no business being on a Big Ten field. No, this was scary what happened at the end of the season where guys are entering their name in the portal because these weren't players that we wanted to see leave. All right, These were Power 5 caliber players. And he has brought back way more than I thought he would. And uh, more than a lot of other schools would, because again, we talked about this on yesterday's show. Oklahoma thought they were in really good standing with Gino Vandemark, Eh, <clears throat> Ron. Oregon thought that they had a good thing going with Derek Harmon. Ha, nope. So he's not just bringing guys back. He's beating out other teams to do it as well, so... That's why I gotta go all the way up to a minus. I guess why I'm not at a full-fledged A is because I, and this might be silly, this might be ridiculous, but I would like to see another Midwest hire made. He still has the two open assistant coaching spots. He has what appears to be a secondary coach is uh, who he's going to hire, and then a special teams coordinator as well. And you can only go up in the special teams coordinator hire, in my opinion. There's no, <laughs> there's no possible way you can go down from there. But yeah, that's where we're at right now. Like how how can I go lower than A-minus, I feel like? I, it's, it's, it's been it's been a really good month. It's been a really, really strong month for Jonathan Smith so far. Now, the second question that he uh, wrote in, what delayed Christmas presents would you like for MSU football and basketball? Um, now, we did, I, a lot of people miss this episode, so I'm not saying like, oh, how'd you miss this episode? But no, on Christmas Day, we did drop an episode full of, hey, things still on our Christmas wish list. We did it with Scott Tolanen of Spartans Avenue. It was a hoot and a half so if you want to go back listen to that one if you got time in your day go for it but other ones hey two guys i just named jacoby winman and zion young if they could just pop out of a christmas gift bag for us that'd be great or look at if you've listened to this show you know that i would love to see more offensive linemen come here not even just starting caliber but if not for nothing just for for depth purposes uh too. That'd be nice. Now MSU number one fan writes in two questions. Is Chuck Brantley coming back? And thoughts on the new NCAA video game. Is Chuck Brantley coming back? From the little birdies in my ear, you, you can't expect that news. Uh, things are trending in the right direction for Chuck Brantley to land back at Michigan State after a quick visit in the transfer portal. I know he's had interest from Boston College and I believe he did take a visit to Mississippi State, but Things look like they're trending back into Michigan State's favor. Now, thoughts on the NCAA video football game. I just hope they blow it out correctly. You know, I, I hope that they touch on every single thing that's prevalent in today's college football landscape. NIL. Uh, players leaving your team because they have bad handlers that give bad advice. Uh, I, t- cheating scandals. I, I, I hope they just blow this out and it's not just a simple gameplay, but... The previous iterations of NCAA football are pretty in depth, so I have high hopes. And I'm not a video game person. The last video game I bought was Rory McIlroy PGA Tour in 2016, but this could be the video game that that gets me back on the council. Santi Aldama fan writes in a one word question: Phoenix. That's it, Phoenix. And I gotta say, I think so. But for the football team, that's right, the guaranteed rate bowl. Michigan State, 7 and 5, maybe even 8 and 4. They get into the guaranteed rate bowl next year against a Mountain West opponent. Who's to say who it could be at Chase Field? I'm not quite there yet with the Phoenix Final Four, which is, I think, where Santi Aldama fan was going with that. But hey. Guaranteed Rape Bowl in Phoenix next year? Uh, Who else is in? I'm in. That'd be a good time. Tony writes in, if you had uh, to fight your way through a zombie apocalypse with three former Spartans, who would you choose and why? Okay, I got two basketball players and one football player written down in front of me. The football player is William Golston, a guy who is obviously still in peak physical shape. He's been in the NFL for, I think, over a decade now, which is... Got an incredible career to have. And also has a little bit of a mean streak to him as well. Uh, And now the two basketball players. Kelvin Torbert. I have no idea what he looks like these days. I have no... I can only imagine, though, by the way he was chiseled in college that some of that strength, some of that muscle still has to be around. And also, we're taking Draymond Green to this throwdown with us. So yes, Draymond Green, Kelvin Torbert, and then William Golston is the three Musketeers I'm riding into this with. Now, Lubob writes in, Is it okay I have beef with your child for never experiencing the true Lions fan struggle? Now, on Twitter the other day, after the Lions miraculously won the NFC North, I tweeted a photo of my wonderful three-month-old son and said, three months on this earth, and he already gets a divisional title. This kid doesn't know suffering. Soft upbringing right off the bat. So, Lou Bob, yeah, please have beef with my child. I I got beef with my child. Here I am just watching these Lions win the title with my three-year-old and my three-month-old. Back in my head, I'm thinking, like, this is just how it always is for them. That, That must be really, no decades of suffering. A little envious of you guys right now, so uh, now unfortunately, it did take a while for my three-month-old son to see his first Michigan State football win. So in this house, we're way more of Michigan State fans than we are Lions fans. So maybe, unfortunately, there, uh, yeah, there, there, there. What? Unfortunately, there was a lot of suffering this fall so far. Uh, Carter writes in, "What is your favorite iteration of the MSU logo?" I gotta go so boring here. I'm sorry. This is a basic answer, but it's gruff Sparty. I, I truly do love. Gruff it's perfect. It's just a perfect logo. I mean, it's just so cartoonish, but it's me. as throwback. I love every single thing about Gruff Sparty. So there you have it. You know what? We're going to answer one more Lions question. I did open up this mailbag to say, hey, you know what? Even if it's not Michigan State, send your questions over. Dale writes in, how concerned should the Lions be about their kicker? Something that could have really cost us versus the Vikings. I think that Dan Campbell actually needs a bad kicker. On, on his roster, I think he's more comfortable with a bad kicker that he doesn't trust than he would be with a solid kicker. I think the risk taking and just going balls of the walls on fourth down, anywhere inside your 50 yard line, is just ingrained in his DNA. So when it's fourth and five at the 34 yard line, we'll call it, okay, instead of a 51 yard field goal, I think he's more comfortable being like, oh, okay. Well, at least at least I have my excuse to trot the offense back out there to run something from shotgun right now. You know, like I I think that's just how Dan Campbell rolls. If he had an automatic kicker, Justin Tucker, it, it would just throw off his whole ethos. It would just not be who he is deep down inside of him. So no, I think he needs a bad kicker on this team. Could it cost the Lions in the long run here? Yeah, maybe. But hey, we got this far for. Following Dan Campbell's risk taking son of a gun DNA, and we wouldn't see that if he had a competent kicker, I think. So, how about that for some spin zone right there? All right, guys, we are going to be back. We're going to have uh, this is actually going to take a few episodes next week. Connor Bull Downey joins us for the best and worst of 2023, but of course, we're going to recap the Indiana State game. We're going to be having another interview with a commit of the 2024 class. I don't want to spoil just yet, but lot of good things to come next week on Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white five days a week. Love you all. Go green. Have a great upcoming New Year weekend.